we have a very different live from bed episode coming at you right now. Mm-hmm. This is live from the dollhouse. Yay! We call it the dollhouse. It's my office at my house. But Catherine and Brad have come over to completely equip the area. Yes. And we have different mics. We have a seating area. I think Tell Me About It is now going to be a different experience. It's professional. It's professional. It's Tell Me About It 2.0. Yes. We're sitting next to each other in the flesh, which Uh has never happened. So I have a lot to talk to you about today. I'm so excited. We have like 27 things to get into. It's been a long fucking week. (laughs) Your notes are great. They just like get us going in the right direction. Let's go. Let's get started. Okay. So Catherine and I both have our pugs here. Uh We both have pugs, which was a huge bonding factor. It really was. Like when I found out you you had a pug, Uh because it takes a certain kind of person to have a pug. It's true. Pug people are different than any other dog people. Yeah. Like like I've gone to hella meetups uh and like you meet some interesting people. Yeah. Great people. And you get addicted to them. Like I I feel like I want to have pugs for the rest of my life. I definitely do. You know, they're amazing. Oh, wow. Okay. Taco left the backpack alone. Taco realized that there were treats in a backpack. So he was really trying to get at it. But thank God. So I was thinking about this. We actually desperately need to clarify something. So Catherine, who we all know and love, is the producer of this show, who's sitting next to me right now, obviously. And her husband, Brad, just so happens to be the audio engineer magician of the show. So whenever we're referring to Brad, Brad is Catherine's husband and our audio engineer. He wears all hats. Just, just needed to clarify that. Yeah. Okay, so I have a really embarrassing story for you. And I almost told, because Brad and Catherine are at my house right now, (gasps) which is so fun. So we had a little field trip play date. And both of our dogs are here. And we set up a whole new setup Uh because we're kind of inching toward doing more like video. Yeah, being professionals for sure. (laughs) But having video aspect to the podcast. Because a lot of you guys have been asking for it. So we're trying our best. We're making it happen. But I was going to tell Brad this when he walked in because he noticed that Dylan is reading a legitimately maybe 600-page book on Nazis. I definitely noticed that there was a giant book with a Nazi symbol on it. It has a huge swastika. Okay, so it has a huge swastika (laughs) on the cover. And Dylan, like, is probably on page, like, God bless him. He's really tried to make a dent in it. Like, a hundred, though, right? By the way, disclaimer, Dylan is very Jewish. Like, yes, both that's sides. why I was a surprise to see like, a no, swastika like, okay, on the counter. Right. So his dad, his grandpa's 99% Ashkenazi. Like, Amazing. you know, we're going to raise, our kids are going to have bar mitzvahs. Like, don't come for me. <laughs> but, so we have this book in our house, right? Okay. Simultaneously, mm-hmm. my dad got me a rosary for Christmas a couple years ago. Yeah. And, like, my dad has not gotten the memo that it's kind of, like, sacrilege to wear a rosary. They're not, like, for wearing. They're right. for praying on, right? But my dad is, like, <laughs> taking Catholicism into his own hands. Just so there's not confusion, Dylan's Jewish, but I am Catholic. And so he he really gets offended that I won't wear this rosary, right? Like, like as jewelry? As jewelry. It's a necklace. <laughs> it, but this one really is a necklace. It was made by, like, a jeweler. Okay. But he gets very upset that I won't wear that me and my sister and my stepsister all have one. And he's like, why don't you wear his every day? Okay. And like it's under like, a shirt or no, like, no, what's, no, no, no. Exposed. He wants everyone to see it. It's like his Jesus piece. 
So he is like, wears it all the time and is very up in arms about the fact that we will not wear ours. Because it's, I'm like, you might as well scream into someone's face. I'm Catholic. Like, it's like so obvious and big and whatever. Ah, Here's my Jesus piece. Here's my Jesus piece. So my dad has been on my ass about wearing this rosary like around him, right? And he's like, guilts me so badly. So, okay. I was going to my dad's house for lunch, Mm -hmm. right? And I had therapy before, so I got taco a walk. Which, okay, so right, none of these right. things like needed to happen. Like, it's not something I do every day. Yeah. I like, don't go to my dad's house every day. This was so, this was God being like, I just need a laugh. Like, I just need to like, <laughs> just, I, I need to laugh at something. Okay. So the dog walker comes into the house, mm-hmm. right? The book, it, the book where you guys <laughs> oh, saw no. it was in the kitchen because I moved it. Yes. I thought that was a more palatable place for yes. it. It was on front and center of the of the entryway table. Oh, God. So the dog walker needed to come into the house. Yes. Because he- To get the dog. To get the dog. But also, like, he, like, we, I needed his help working the harness. Mm-hmm. So he comes in. <laughs> You know when you fully see someone's eyes clock something and then try to forget that they did? So he literally looks at the book, looks at my rosary, like, in one take. And Dylan's never home when he comes, so he doesn't know Dylan exists. So I'm like, I'm like, do I say something? And I didn't say a word. I just like, I don't even know how to get myself out of this hole. Like, I because if you try to explain, it's gonna seem worse. It was so bad. Like, you know, embarrassing stories. Like, oh my god, I tripped. Like, no, that was like embarrassing. He's like, I just discovered something. He's white supremacist here. <laughs> and so I'm like, how do you prove you're not? Like, I'm thinking about the whole time they're on a walk. I'm like, do I talk about my bat mitzvah? Do I pretend I like had one? Or like, what do I say to him to let him? know that I'm like this white supremacist fakes fake right, department right. so like, and he like comes over all the time so every time he comes over now I almost want to play like Israeli songs in the background or something <laughs> to like indicate that I'm not a Nazi oh my god but I'm like Dylan we gotta put this book away it's <laughs> also like three inches tall it's huge it's huge you need to like uh, like it's a like we're in junior high you gotta like cover it in brown paper bag I was like, like you cannot bring, bring this on vacation <laughs> like I will not have it oh I will god. not no, no more that's not book. a beach read. Does not belong in the home. Oh my god! It's an audiobook. No, it's an audiobook audio only. Keep to yourself. Kindle or buzz. So bad. So bad. <laughs> so I didn't ask me anything on my Instagram stories the other day in yes. anticipation of this Amazing. event that we've been planning. Great. And I got some interesting questions. Okay. So I'm going to answer some of them because I I feel like being online or even being on a podcast, Mm -hmm. I feel like you guys know me so well, Mm -hmm, but I feel mm -hmm. like there's parts of my life that are obvious to me, so I don't think to explain them, and people are confused. Like, thankfully, you just described that, like, Dylan is Jewish. Otherwise, having the book on the counter (laughs) wouldn't have been as funny. Right, exactly. (laughs) I'm not just reading Nazi books in my spare time. I mean, it is, I'm sure, extremely interesting. I'm sure. But who was the publisher? It's a lot of branding. What the hell was that decision? How did that get past go? Like, I don't know. I don't know how that puck got across. (laughs) I really don't. But, God, I'm, like, humiliated. So if if you're our dog walker and you're listening to this, (laughs) I noticed that you you noticed, and I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. So here are some of the ask me anything questions. When were your parents divorced and are they both remarried? Mm, Okay. So the answer to that would be my parents got divorced when I was 15. I think their divorce finalized when I was 16. Okay. And they both are remarried. Mm -hmm. My dad is remarried. My mom is remarried. My mom has 
three stepkids that are much older. So I've never lived in the house with any step siblings. Mm, that's interesting. I've only lived in the house with me and my three other siblings. Yeah. And then my dad has two stepkids that live in his house currently. They're and both, are a little like, younger, right? Yeah, they're both under yeah. 18. But funny story, when my parents got divorced, they, like, called a family meeting to tell us. Oh, God. But my parents have, like, no boundaries whatsoever. <laughs> uh-huh. So we had friends in and out of the house constantly. Oh, all of us had friends over. <gasps> like that's my, at the time. No, so like my friend like was waiting in my room, and I came back up, and I was like, "Well, my parents are getting." But we now like laugh about it all the time because it's like, I mean, how insane! You're gonna traumatize double the amount of yeah, kids. Yeah, like, send I think, the friends home. I think my friend is like trauma, just as traumatized from their divorce. Because then am. you also have to like go up and put on a brave face in front of a friend. Totally. No, I like I like le- lead into the dramatic. I think. Good. I want you should. Like, my parents getting divorced that late. I think it's hard. Like no matter what, but that age it was. A little less, but it also has to do with your parents' divorce. I think mm-hmm, that's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like my parents' divorce was in divorce terms pretty easy because, mm-hmm. like, they had it all ironed out. They weren't they were both like super generous. Yeah, they weren't like yeah. spiteful, and they both did the best thing for the other person. But it's just a bitch having divorced parents yeah. in little ways because, yeah. like, planning my wedding, we can't do certain things. Like, I wouldn't want both my parents to walk me down the aisle, mm-hmm. but just my dad's walking me down, which is going to be nice. But it's, like, little things, like, even when I got engaged or just in general in life, you have to make double the phone calls, which we right. know I'm allergic to phone calls. And who do you call first? Is right. that favoritism? But, Pete, you're so lucky. You can call, like, your mom and get yes. away with calling your mom and your dad. And they're together. Right. And they yeah. both get caught up fully. Like, you got to do double <laughs> yes. the work. Like, holidays, you got to go to both, you know, yeah. depending on your situation, That's of course. That's a lot. It's a lot having two. It just makes you can't be lazy about it. You gotta like, but then also like double the presents, oh, double yeah, the. I mean, like now that we're encouraging, no, we're, encur- divorced, we're encouraging but. it. It's fine. <laughs> you get a sense of humor. It's like you know, you know what they say: no good marriages end in divorce. So two happy homes is better than one. Unhappy I home. fully agree with that. My sister got divorced from her husband probably six or seven years ago, and it was like pretty devastating because he's somebody who had been in my life at like really as a sibling, like was super in our life since since before I can remember, before I was born. And they had been dating since the time I was maybe eight. So like he was fully my brother and I was pretty devastated when they got divorced. But there was no love left. There was no anything positive left in that marriage because they were fucking miserable. And then it was like they got divorced. They both married other people that they're quite happy with. And like the kids are thriving now too because they have two houses where their parents love them. And frankly, (laughs) both of the new spouses have a better handle on boundaries and disciplining the kids and like setting up boundaries for the kids than their parents do. So it's like they're also becoming better people for that. Yeah. It's like I I say this all the time, Dylan, which I probably shouldn't, but my parents should like advertise. They should be the poster children for divorce because they Mm. both like remarried incredible people and like are both extremely happy. So it's good. But it's definitely like as a child of divorce, I think the key is do you turn towards your kids or away from your kids? Yes. You know what I mean? Because you do have to like rebuild your own life. But I always remember feeling like, God, my parents got so selfish like when they Mm. but they were probably thinking of me twice as much it was like just a child's way of interpreting it yeah because like they needed to start going on dates at night and like doing other things so it was so weird but then you get to another stage where I felt so bad leaving my Mm. mom every day at home she'd be like doing a puzzle Mm -hmm. and I'd get home from a party and she'd still be on the couch doing that puzzle and you're like (laughs) okay I need someone to like take care of my parents at this point and luckily they found great people and it's all fine and good. But I found that interesting that people didn't realize that my parents were divorced. I was like, I feel like that's oh, like I a... didn't even realize. Yeah. yeah. And they are. Yeah. Okay. 
So the next thing is, would you ever move out of L.A.? So the answer is probably no, because both Dylan and my family live in L.A., Except for one of Dylan's brothers doesn't live in LA, but everyone else is here, yeah. and I have su- we're both the youngest. Dylan's and you're the so youngest close of three. I'm super close yeah. to my family, and yeah, like 99 percent of my social calendar is my family. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll probably never move. Dylan always says he wants to move to Hawaii, like when our kids are really oh, little. But I like when they're little, right? That's when I need the most help. That's when yeah. I need my mom and my sister and for his sure. mom to come out. You know, so I don't think we'll ever move out of LA. Yeah. Also, to be fair, you guys did move out of LA to go to college. And you we did. Out. We did. Okay. How many tattoos do you have? Do you have any, Catherine? I have zero tattoos. <gasps> and Brad, who a is a musician, girl. also does not have any tattoos. That's shocking. Yes. That was like the most <laughs> when I started dating a musician, quote unquote. Yeah. My mom like told her friend Karen and she was like, oh, like had a certain expectation of what that would look like. In true and then Karen she, form. Yeah, in true Karen form. Yes. And then she met him and she was like, he doesn't have any tattoos. Dylan does have one. Her, no, it was his idea. I gasp. I know. No, when his mom found out, it was a big moment. Oh, really? It was his idea, but we have matching ones. So I'll go through all my tattoos. We have. I have one that is on my wrist slash yeah, arm. forearm. Yeah. Is yeah. that? Ba- is this not interesting to go through all my? No, it is because I mean I was just telling you the other day. Like for some reason, this tattoo that is fully on your forearm, and I see your forearms quite frequently. Yes, you in do. person on Zoom, whatever. Lucky for luck. the last two years. Literally did not notice this existed until two weeks ago. so crazy because I feel like it's ago. so obvious. It is. <laughs> it is so obvious. Okay, so this is like, this is the come up before the chorus of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, Here Comes My Girl. I love that. Which is mine and my dad's song. Mm-hmm. So we actually took the sheet music. Brad, don't actually look at it because I feel like, we. I don't know whether it's like the singer, <laughs> the singer's um, sheet music, the drummer. It could have been anything. It's some portion. I was 17 years old. Give me a break. It's great. For a 17. It's good. Yeah. It's good. My dad was like, commemorate that in another way, maybe, but fine, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> Everyone's like, does your dad have a matching one? I'm like, no. He wasn't even consulted. I probably didn't even tell him until like two years after. No, actually, I remember my parents were divorced at the time. And my parents, uh-huh. da- I mean, they still are. And my dad, which we talked about, <laughs> which we talked about, which we got into. My dad emailed my mom and was like, how much longer do I have to pretend that I don't know Jade has a tattoo? Because I was underage and I yeah. went with my sister. It's fine. Oh, good point. 17 is not 18. No, it's not. No, it is not. So then on one foot, I have my siblings' middle names. Like one, like ba- It's like on my, what's this part of your foot? Uh, your the, ankle? Like, below, oh, like the below, heel, the side yeah, of your heel. the side of my heel. Yeah. I have my my siblings' middle names because mm-hmm. it was too mainstream to do their first names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just, of course. I was, I'm artsy. It's different. Yeah. So, and then on the other foot, I have, I don't know if you guys know, but Lang Leave is a poet. Mm, no. She has incredible little books and she's a great poet. Dylan and I have this poem called Always on our foot. We both have each side oh, of it, which like I, all, I, I, I like. That. Yeah. So I have that one. And I think I have one more, but I don't remember now. Back? Do you have a back tattoo? No. Oh my God. A tramp stamp? I wish. <laughs> yeah, I, wish I wish I were that girl. Are you kidding? In my, in, oh in my, my next God. life, I will be. Yeah. Okay. The, uh, for, sorry. I forgot what we were doing here. No, no, no. Okay, that's fine. Next question. By the way, if you guys are hearing any background noise, that is Mimsy chewing and taco snoring. Which is in their truest form. This is how we In their essence. Yes. Okay. This is an interesting one, and I'm going to turn the tables while your husband is in the room, which is going to be really tasty. How old were you when you first had sex? 
Oh, I was 18. Can you believe someone asked me that? <gasps> I mean, that is kind of like really no, I, I'm like, oh, I love it. I'm, yeah. You were 18? I was 18. In college? Somewhere between high school and college. What a beautiful time. Yes. It, I actually, I can tell you it was July 5th. It was actually very romantic. My like boyfriend who I was totally in love with, who was just like Remind a you, wonderful, sweet person. <laughs> That's a good point. We've actually like never, I don't know if we've ever really talked about this. Oh God, here I am breaking up relationships. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, like I think one of the, just sidebar, one of the best things that he and I did when we first got together is we never talked, yeah, me and Brad, we never talked about exes. We never talked about like first sex, first kit, any of that stuff, anybody we dated really until like probably several years in because it just, I... It was just never great. I dated other people who were like, yeah, I like was banging this other girl three months ago or yesterday or whatever else. And it was just like not cute. And we just like never talked about it. We never brought it up. And it was kind of great. Maybe I think it's because I met Dylan when he had a girlfriend. Yeah. And I had a crush on Dylan for two years. He didn't give me the time of day. So I think because I met him when he had a girlfriend. Yeah. I was like less weird about hearing that stuff. Yeah. But I, I definitely didn't want – I didn't love it. Like, I didn't yeah. want to hear it too much unless it was, like, pertinent to the story. You right. know what I mean? Or, like, right. absolutely essential to, like, yeah. explaining something. But I think I was interested in, like, your first kiss, like, your first time having sex, mm-hmm. you know? hmm So, how about you? Okay. So, I – what mm-hmm. I was young. Yeah. Oh, how young? I know. I was I was um, scandalously young. No, no. I heard I was watching Housewives <laughs> the other day, and Joe Gorga, who's on Real Housewives of New Jersey, said he had sex when he was nine. So it wasn't that. Well, that's rape. But no, he, he was like I was into it. Like no, with another girl, like in, in the schoolyard, who was also nine. Yeah. Also, still not great. No, like that's scary. That's like my kids she was being molested, yeah, and so that's, that's too what, early to get yeah, aroused that's not, and all that nonsense. I mean, we're not much. judging here, but no, but mm, there's some maybe trauma to explore <laughs> right? there. There's yeah, definite yeah, yeah. trauma to explore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a month shy of my 16th birthday. That's legit. It was legit. It's it on was, the younger it was, side. It was on the younger side, and I feel like it was. It's funny because I was just talking to my therapist about that. Like, yeah. I hadn't opened that box before. Yeah. And I kind of feel like, like, now when I see a 15-year-old, I'm like, you're so you're a baby. young. You're, you're a, a horrifying fetus. baby. <laughs> you are a legitimate fetus. Yes. Like, what do you know about any, no. about pleasure? Nothing. Like, Nothing. I didn't have an orgasm at that, let's be clear, until like, I was like 18. <laughs> So he was older. He was two yeah. years older. And he was wonderful. Like, he was, yeah, you know, like, took the, care of you. an I- ideal first boyfriend for yes. you. Like, he loved me and whatever. But it was really weird. Like, it was super planned out. Yeah. Like, we were yes, like. same. Yeah, yeah, same. It's got it, like, like almost to the minute. Uh-huh. You know? But I do feel like because, like, he was two years older and, like, I had a friend that also had a boyfriend that was two years older and they had had sex because they, mm-hmm. they had gotten together earlier. I felt, like, pressured into it, but not in, like, any conscious way. Just in hindsight, I feel like I must have, like, I wasn't Like, social ready. pressure, not, like, pressure from your boyfriend. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Social, like, I remember it. You've been dating for three months. You did it after three months. Like, that was the wow. thing. Wow. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. And I'm that's just, like, really now, like, that was so young. And it got to, like, normal people. Se- like, at first, it was, like, yeah. whoa, what the fuck is going on? Uh-huh. You know, like, the first time you have sex is so weird. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, my was your, was, no, no, it wasn't weird. Don't tell me you, like, orgasm the first time. Oh, day. I fully did. Stop it No, right seriously, now. I fully did. Catherine. No. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I was a little older. I wasn't 15. But still. Listen, we'd been practicing. Oh, oh you've he been gave me plenty of orgasms. No, you've been masturbating. I, have, I do not remember the first time I had an orgasm because I was so little when I started masturbating. Like, yeah, I like, just would do it to fall asleep. I had sex before I masturbated. Do you know what I mean? Interesting. Yeah. I'd never use those parts Interesting. down south. Oh, yeah. No, I fully did. We, I mean, we were like a little older. We were 18. Yeah. But it was like we'd done everything else, pretty much everything else. So it was just like we already knew how to like make that part of it happen. Right. And That's it was unbelievable. Great. It was like a really sweet. It's like what you dream your first time to be like. That's like it was what like, mine was like. But you'd never penetrated yourself, had you? Sure. Oh my god. Why I'm, not, C- Catherine? Here, I, mean, I grew up in Los Angeles. You think that like I would be the one that was right? Like, I was raised like conservative Christian. Right. What the, <laughs> the hell? Midwest. Like your oh, no, self exploration. You've always had like a yeah. se- healthy set. Okay, great. Okay, fine. So that's actually really nice to hear you say. I'm like, because I sometimes like do feel weird about it because mm-hmm. I am from that conservative background and everything. No, you know what's up. You got the keys to the kingdom. Yeah. Oh, I sure did. You know, like, I sure uh, please, uh, masturbate. I was like, <laughs> you know, like when you're three and like you touch yourself like, yeah, when you're yeah. really little, like not never past there. Oh, no. See, yeah, I was fully finishing at that age. Holy fuck. Yeah. So you taught your boyfriend like how to help you out. Yeah. And I think he was just like very sort of like caring. He he was not experienced either. Yeah. Like it was his first time too. But it was like so nice because it was July 4th, we were like romantically watching the fireworks or whatever. And we were just like, maybe it's time. Like had that conversation, like super planned out. Like, how about tomorrow? My parents will be gone. Okay, come over. And like, I went to his house. And Ours it was, was so planned out down to the fact that I had to wait a certain amount of time until my birth control started working because <laughs> I started the birth control in anticipation of this. Amazing. Event. It was before a school dance, like very high school. <laughs> but yeah, I was, just, it, but I do feel like when I'm like, Thinking about it, I think it was a bit like, what's the point in making a judgment about it? Mm-hmm. I think it was too early. Like, I I, I don't know. Mm. Like, just based on where I was at and I just I did it because I that was the thing to do, not because I necessarily mm. wanted mm-hmm. to. But also I wanted to say that when you're 15, you don't even need to have an orgasm. Like, it just no, everything just, just feels getting it good. Out and it's, but it's like yeah. fun and like you're so attracted to that yeah. person. You want to like jump everyone's bones, you know? Like, <laughs> it's like you don't even need to orgasm until. No, because it's like later. so exciting. And yeah. Yeah. I, I would say there was a little bit of pressure for me from the perspective of like multiple people I knew. You wanted to go to college. Not a virgin, right? That's also true. Yeah. But also, like, at this point, I thought, like, well, this is the guy for me forever. So there was a, an element of that. But, like, part of my fear was that I would have a bad first time with yes. somebody who was, like, not the person I wanted. Like, I had two close friends who had, like, basically lost their virginity being date raped. No, three close friends being date raped. And, like, it was so terrifying to me that mm-hmm. that could happen. I was just, like, I was so desperate to lose it with somebody who I, like, loved right. and wanted to have a good experience with. But that's with. that's why I didn't really realize the weight of the age that you are when you have sex. Because right. my boyfriend, like, we dated for two years after that, and yeah. I loved him so much. Mm-hmm. But, like, my friend who had sex with the guys you were supposed to do when you first started dating them, she was dating yeah. someone two years older, same thing. Mm-hmm. I had another friend like that, and he dumped her, like, right after they had sex for the first time. <sighs> and it was, that. like, crushing for her, and she was, like devastated and I think that's a 
maybe little t like a lowercase t trauma yeah, totally. in and of itself so i was like i never really like that your first time is important to it's analyze really important or like not even your first time but like just your first few times or like your first yeah. sexual experiences but i do agree it's it's sort of like when you first get a new haircut mm-hmm. they say like the first three opinions you hear about it is what forms your opinion of the haircut oh, that's interesting so like if you get three like hey it looks great like you yeah. think it looks great if you get like one weird one then I think like for me it was more so and we can move on from this topic but I do <laughs> encourage all of you to like analyze your first time mm-hmm. who it was with what it was like how you felt about it yeah because it might dictate part of your self sex life now yeah but for me it was like I'd made out with one I, no he was my first makeout and my first sexual experience wow Three months apart. Lit- yes. <gasps> That's cut. That is, feels it was so rushed. fast. It was like, because but you work in school years. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're like. And when you're 15, you think you know everything. Oh, beyond. Everything. Beyond. Yes. And like, I mean, in hindsight, I'm like, my parents were getting divorced. Maybe I felt like minorly out of control yeah. in some way. Yeah. But no, he was amazing and so sweet. And it was like. There was no part of it where he pressured me at right, all. Right. It was just the expectation of like that's yes. what you did. That's and I word. wonder because I feel like kids are more sexualized now. It mm-hmm. seems on Instagram, mm-hmm. but everyone says they do less than we did, mm-hmm. like experimentally. Interesting. Which I wonder if they it's know true. More about it. I don't know. Like maybe because it's there, they don't feel as like yeah freaked out. But did I tell you that my brother's engaged? <gasps> you told me he was going to propose. Yeah. So my oldest brother is now. So it goes boy, girl, boy, girl, Jamie, oh, Jessica. Brother. Yes. It goes Jamie, Jessica, Jeremy, and then me. So we're all J's, and four Jay. of us, boy, girl, boy, girl, <laughs> which is crazy that without artificial insemination or like just IVF <laughs> or anything that my yeah. parents got that pattern. Yeah, that's nice. Anyway, my old. So me and Jeremy, the brother right above me, mm-hmm. he's two years older than me, is engaged. He's getting married. Labor Day weekend, which is like in when this will air, like, like oh, two, this three Labor weeks. Day weekend. Oh yeah, wait, not the one who just got engaged. No, the other, the one. other one. Okay, got it. But yeah, so he got engaged. So now mm-hmm. three out of four of us are engaged at the same and time. At the same, no, it. it's so embarrassing. <laughs> it's truly so embarrassing. Like I can't wait to marry one of us off because it's like we can't have three out of four. Engaged. You could just have a triple wedding and Ew. like save so much money and Ew. time. Never, <laughs> never, ever, ever, never, ever. But it's really weird like that we all got engaged. I guess yeah. we're all like the biggest age gap is six years. Because you guys are two, two, two. Yeah. See that? I love families that are like that. And we're, we're all winter. So we're oh. like really two, two, two. My family is boy, girl, girl, boy. And my brothers are 14 years apart. Like wow. same parents. But my older brother and sister are 18 months apart. Mm-hmm. I came seven years later. My younger brother came six years after me. So we're very spread apart. It's kind of nice growing up with older siblings because they taught me what was cool and like how to dress and older stuff like siblings. That. Like I, I say it's this key. all the time, being the baby is is the best gig it's in town. Well. But having yeah. older siblings. I didn't just have parents watching me. Like, mm-hmm. I had three older siblings mm-hmm. that, like, if I posted a risque picture online, they mm. were like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> you know, like, they, like, tortured me. But it yeah. was so good because mm-hmm. I, I'm also, like, an amalgamation of all their personalities. Yeah. But now uh-huh. there are significant others in the picture. I am on the precipice of uh-huh. having in-laws for the first yes. time. Yes. How do you feel right? about that? Well, fortunately, honest to God, like yeah. not even to be annoying, Dylan's family is wonderful. Great. Like incredible. Like they're like the family that I always imagined existed. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like that. Like it's a big Jewish family. They're all fun and hip and cool and great. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because no matter what, like when you come into a family or like whether someone's coming into your family – it's, some, it's a foreign object. It is. Very much so. Right? 
And so a lot of people have been asking me to talk about fighting with in-laws on the show mm. or like, be, but I, I, and here's what I'll say about that. Don't I worry, think I can talk hard. about that if you, if you need someone to talk you about know, it, just, I can talk about it. <laughs> I'm sure every fucking one is raising their hand because it's really hard because on one hand, you're treated like family in an ideal world, mm-hmm. right? Aside mm-hmm. from like maybe not being welcomed or whatever, which we can talk about. But theoretically, you're welcomed into this family. Mm-hmm. But you don't have all the rights of a family member. Accurate. Right? So, like, when you fight, you can't really speak to them like you would your own family. Right. Or, like, if you have a disagreement. Or, or if you do speak to them the way you would speak to your own family, it is not received with as much generosity right. as it is in your own family. They don't, they're not obliged to love no, you. No, or forgive you. R- or, or forgive you. Right. Not hold it against you or whatever. Like, it never occurred to me that you could have beef with someone in your in-law family. You know what I yeah. mean? Or, like, that, like, didn't resolve itself. Because, like, I love Dylan's family like my own, but I also know... I'm clear that, like, I'm not their biological son or brother. <laughs> You're an interloper. <laughs> right. So they can hate me if uh-huh. I do, if I step out of line. Uh-huh. You know? And it's hard when you, like, get in a disagreement because Dylan is incredibly close with my family and loves them. But everyone's family annoys everyone. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And the things that I am just like, that's the way they are. And, like, I don't care anymore because, like, past three years old, I learned that just, like, that was not a <laughs> fight to fight, you uh-huh. know? He has to deal with as an adult. So he's like, this behavior is like unacceptable. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm not going to confront them about it. It's hard as the intermediary as well, because you're like, I know that my significant other is frustrated with my family member about this, but Mm -hmm. like, that's who they are. So I'm not going to confront them about it. And also then family dynamics come into play. Like, this is who I am in my family. And like, maybe you date someone who is super submissive to his family And then you're like, speak up for me. And they're Uh like, I don't know how. Or speak up for yourself. Right. Like some of the things that upset me the most are not when someone is being awful to me, but when someone's being awful to him from his own family. Yes. And because of the nature of their relationship, it's like, we're not going to ruffle any feathers. We're not going to say anything, whatever. And it just, it drives me bananas when... I can't do something about it because it's not my place, right. but and, and he every, also won't. And in every other aspect of your relationship, you can step in exactly. and take that role of like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, but when like, it's his family and his relationships and his thing, I definitely used to get into that. I mean, still do a lot. And mm-hmm. But it's funny because my therapist said to me once, she was like, Jade, you want him to say no to everybody but you. <laughs> and I was like, you're right. Like the reason I, a lot of people say the reason you marry someone is the reason you divorce them, Ooh, which is super interesting to think about. That's fascinating. It's true in a lot of cases. Makes me think of two specific friends, both of whom were married to men who were submissive, I will say, or who hated confrontation and would never push back. And being a strong woman myself, who's like fucking bossy some of the time, I married a man who's like not afraid to give shit back to me if I need it. He picks his battles, Mm -hmm. but he isn't afraid to speak up for himself. Right. These two women in particular married men who were not like that. And they eventually got so frustrated because they felt like they weren't, they didn't have equal partners in their relationships. But then after they got divorced, went on to marry men who were even more submissive. Interesting. And it's just like, you just doubled down right. and have this man who's like, literally will just like sit there and fume at you instead of doing anything. That's interesting. Yeah. 
That's like I, I read something recently. It just made me think of this. I read something recently that was like, never blame your partner for for a light that has dimmed within you. Oof. And that's so true because it's like we do that all the time. We're like, we'll be happy in the next relationship. We'll like throw uh-huh. out the garbage. The and I even, is always greener. Right. I have a friend that broke up with her boyfriend of five years. And I was just on FaceTime with her the other day. And she was like, I want to get back together with him. Because mm-hmm. like you think the grass is greener. You think all of those things. But we were talking about this the other day. And I think it's – I think – the people listening would like to hear it because Mm -hmm. it is fascinating. But Catherine and I were talking about like trusting your partner's decisions. We got started on this conversation because I was telling Dylan something that I was going to talk about on this show, Mm -hmm. right? And like something that I was going to open up about. And he was like, okay, great. Like, that's so exciting. I'm so proud of you. And I was like, it hit me immediately. I was like, why don't I give him, like, the same freedom and Mm -hmm. trust that he gives me? Mm -hmm. He was like, go for it. I would be like, I need to hear the episode. I want to see what you're going to say about Uh it. I want to be there while you're recording. I want to edit it. Yeah, I want to be there while you're recording. I want to tell all my friends and family before you release it. Yeah. And he was just like, he lets me fly Mm -hmm. so much. And he trusts me. I don't know whether he trusts me or trusts that I'll be okay. Like, maybe he he has an answer of the universe that I don't, don't, I'm not privy to. (laughs) But, like. He just lets me be me. And even when I'm like, I want to change in this way, he'll be like, go for it. Whereas when he says he wants to change to me, I'm like, no, 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 you don't need to change. Yeah. And it's so interesting. Interesting. And it was so refreshing hearing that because I was like, what what is it? And I was able to work on it in therapy and continue to work on it because I was like, why do I put so much of my ego and feel that Dylan is like such an extension of me? Even down to, like, when we're in public and, like, he says something. By the way, he's the most – he's Mr. Congeniality. Mm-hmm. Like, he's never does anything wrong or out of place <laughs> or, like, whatever. I say way – I mean, I, as we know on this show, I say way more <laughs> shit to get me in trouble. Yet I'm on his ass. Yeah. Like, do you find that with Brad? Completely. Like, you're – there are times when I'm sort of, like – I feel like his behavior is a reflection on me mm-hmm. when, and I love that you said that, like that you sometimes think he's an extension of yourself, yeah. whereas he sees you just as your own individual person. And it's something that I have to sort of like work on combating because I do often, like we've been together so long, you guys have been together so long, it just feels like they're literally your other half. Right. In this way. Like almost like a sibling, like you, yes. and you don't want your sibling to embarrass your, themselves because it'll embarrass you. Right. And it's just like almost like you're responsible for them. And I have to work on being like, even if he's making a choice that's different than how you would do this, it's okay. He's mm-hmm. an adult. He's his own person. Let him get away with whatever he wants to get Let away it with. rip. Let him do it. It doesn't, especially for stuff that's like just no stakes. Right. But we why, still give a shit. Yes. And we pressure ourselves to make sure someone else is doing it, quote unquote, right. 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 Why? Be- and yeah, and like the amount of pressure we put on this other person Victoria and Paris and I were talking about last week, like, it is really nice to have a soft place to land. Like, you forget Mm. that the world is so critical in Mm. and of itself. And, like, Dylan and Brad or whomever you're with, whatever, whoever your partner is, will get the answer that you want to give them regardless. It's like, we just can't, like, expedite their learning process or even their, like, self-exploration again. Exactly. I mean, there is, like, the female urge to just perfect a man. And it's, like, not for nothing. Right. Because they'd all be living with, like, navy sheets and no headboards if it wasn't for us. Exactly. I'm like, I feel like I I better him every time. But when he gave me that, oh, okay, great, sounds good. I was like, you have Mm -hmm. not, not a note? 
not even yeah. not a concern. <laughs> I was like, okay. And it just was, it's so empowering. Yeah. You know, so like if you have a partner or a sibling, let them fly, let them make their own mistakes. Yeah. Or a like, bestie, like a best friend. Or a it's, kid. It's, I mean, kids a little hard. I can't speak to anything kid wise. No, no. I take no. it back. We were talking about fights between significant others and siblings. I feel like we yes. never caught up on that. I mean, have you had like real legitimate fights with his family? I have, but I've been extremely privy and close to some. Uh huh. You know, uh-huh. and it's been, I think, honestly, like, that's another symptom of being, like, the youngest, seeing other people go through it. The thing is, is, like, your the siblings will always make up. Your relationship with that sibling or mm-hmm. their significant other will mm-hmm. never fully heal itself. I agree. I mean, I've had, like, a couple of, like, verbal knockdown dragouts with, like, Brad's parents yeah. with a sibling and a, you know a wife and luckily like that sibling and the wife it was less like it was sort of less about them it was a little bit more about us and like some drama that had happened like really early on but it was like a dramatic moment where I didn't know if our relationship would be prepared but thankfully like she's my closest sister-in-law and we like love each other they're very close and like Things kind of got like patched over over yeah. time. Yeah. Even though I do still think I was like sort of unfairly blamed for That's the drama. That's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. Like mm-hmm. you never forget, especially you and me. We don't forget. Mm-hmm. Like we forgive, mm-hmm. we don't forget. Right. You know, so I feel like it's it's hard because by the way, everyone and their mother has gotten a fight. Like you, that's not to say I haven't gotten deeply annoyed and Dylan and I have fought about it, Uh you know, but that's where we kind of leave it. And I would honestly suggest that because Mm -hmm. you and your significant other will make up. Right. It's like you and the sibling like will not, or you and the parent or mother-in-law or father-in-law, like it's tough. That is also a really good point in the conversation about like, if you and your significant other have a fight or let's say there's, Something really serious like cheating or some sort of wrong that happened that your significant other did or whatever, some sort of dramatic thing. And we're not talking about abuse here. We're talking about normal drama that could get a little icky. If you go and then tell your family, they will not forget that even when you and your significant other kiss and make up. Yes. Like, I literally want to jump out of my seat when you uh-huh. say that. A hundred percent. So you got to be careful with that. You stuff. have to be careful with that for sure. I still, what you're saying is absolutely right. Because yeah. you start to have to protect your in-laws in front of your own family. Uh-huh. For sure. Because at uh-huh. the end of the day, like, that's what you're working with. But I feel right. like it's a really common thing. People, even from the jump, don't get along with their mother-in-law or father-in-law right. or sister-in-law right. or brother-in-law. And they're, they have had however many years of their own life before mm-hmm. coming into your family. Yep. So it's like even with my my siblings, my blood siblings, significant others, you have to adjust for new people coming into your life yeah. that aren't blood. Mm-hmm. You know? Because they're bringing their own family, like not even just trauma, but like dynamics. And like, who would make you happy is not who would make your sibling happy. Accurate. And they're going to judge you or you're going to judge them for it, you know? Like, Exactly, exactly. One thing I found so interesting coming into Brad's family, because he is one of four boys, yeah, and he has a very Italian mother, 100% Italian, and the type of relationship these boys have with their mom, it's like kind of a DMI re- relationship a lot what's of times. What's a DMI? A TMI relationship. Oh, TMI, yes. I was like, what's the, <laughs> is that? Help me. Like, they kind of talk about everything, whereas like when we've had drama, Brad and I, I don't really tell my family about that stuff, I would if we broke up, 
but mm-hmm. I don't because I want to keep that private. Whereas like his family knows all everything, all the gory details. Wait, can we like let's stop on that yes. because that's a big. Th- We've talked about that in other episodes. Mm-hmm. Like you're afraid to say afraid to tell your friends and family about fights that you've had. Yeah. Like the other day, my friend, she said to me, she was like, I feel like you and Dylan never fight. Mm-hmm. Or like you guys, you never tell me anything negative about Dylan. Mm-hmm. And she was saying it as a genuine compliment. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, does this mean like I'm afraid of vulnerability? We all know if I, I'm, if you've listened to the show for more than one episode, <laughs> I'm not. But we are like, I was like, fuck, what does that mean for, because I don't want to be that girl that's like posturing as like having a perfect, perfect relationship. Yeah, yeah. Like my relationship is just as hard as everyone else's. We are not the Instagram varnished version of ourselves no. here. No. Like no. let's not blow smoke up anyone's ass. No. So I, ju- I was like, oh, my God, like, what does that mean for me? Like, I pride myself on being a no secrets kind of gal, you know, or like telling the hard parts. But I realized it's because, like, outside the context of your own relationship, for which there is a lot of context. Yeah. I mean, you're with each other all day, every day or, you know, most days. No one knows or loves your significant other like you. And I'm going to tell a biased version of the story. Yeah. Where I sound right. Yeah. You know, but you're not my therapist. We're like, when I tell my therapist these stories, most of the time she's on Dylan's Dylan's side. You have actually a really interesting therapist in that way. I have the best therapist in the world. If you want her number, text me. She's amazing. You live in LA. She's amazing. But yeah, she like really will call me out and like help me decipher between like Mm -hmm. my rights and my wrongs. But Anyway, I was. She was saying like you. You never say it, and I'm like, I don't say the little shit. I don't because I mm. feel like couples also get in the same fight over and over and over again. Yes. So it's almost like it's some things are sacred and are between you and the partner, mm. and like unless it's abuse. Like of course, if they said that you're in a toxic relationship when you feel like you have to hide certain things from mm. your friends and family. Ooh, yeah. So that's what I was taking it as. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, if I don't tell them, that means like I'm hiding some sort of like right. toxic thing. <laughs> but it was just that I really pride myself on being non judgmental yeah. like, in life with my friends and family. You can tell me you killed someone. And I'm like, OK, like I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not going to help you bury the body, but I won't tell anyone. Gotcha. You know? Yes. And I feel like even I get influenced and biased based on what my friends tell me. Mm. And also, especially when you're first dating someone. Yeah. That person fucks up. My friends from college, they fuck up like crazy. My friends from college <laughs> still remember the ways in which Dylan was an asshole to me when we were like of course, drunk in college. And it's like uh, eons ago. Right. And, and I'm like, different can you people? forget that? Like, yeah. it's over, you yeah. know? But it, it's hard to walk that line between like being open with your friends and family yes. versus like turning your significant other unintentionally into an enemy. Exactly. Exactly. It's tough. Ugh, it is tough. And it's tough to know what to say and what not to say. Fighting in front of a friend is Worse. really hard, like really hard. Like my friend was staying with us recently, which like I also am allergic to house guests. Thank you for asking. <laughs> so I have to really fucking love you to mm-hmm. stay over. But she was there for it. And I was like, my perfectionism kicked in. And I was like, mm. oh, my God, she's going to think we're unhappy. She's going to yeah. go home and tell everyone that we had this fight. Like, why are you getting married? Totally. Yeah. It's really par for the course if you're in a relationship. Yeah. You're going to fight about – they're going to see your ugliest sides. You're going to have fights. But yep. our ego is bruised when we feel like our relation, other people can see the cracks in our relationship. Exactly. And also, I fundamentally don't believe that arguments are cracks. You should be able to – But actually, you believe that until – you fight in front of a friend and you're like, and you're like oh, no! right. completely. Two of my mentors who are both married to each other, they had said, when you're not fighting, 
it can often be that you're not growing together. Yeah. And people who often like haven't fought in 20 years and then they get a divorce and nobody understands it. My parents. Um, (laughs) But also I had a friend that came over recently and his girlfriend had just broken up with him. They were together Mm -hmm. for a million years. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I knew it was bad because we never fought. Never, Mm. not once. Like not not once, but like really like never fought. And there would be resentment and one would take a walk and it'd be over. They'd pretend like it never happened the next day. And I was like, Oh my god! I was thinking it was such a problem that I had. I have the opposite problem, right. where like I can't keep it in. If like there's a minor thing, yep. like if Dylan has been wearing his socks a, like too hot, you know what I mean? Something right. so minuscule, yeah. I have to confront it right away. Yeah. Like it will eat at me. Yeah. But it, it's interesting because then he came over and poor thing was like mentioning all of his deficits because he was left without a real reason why they broke up. Right. You know what I mean? He was just like, oh, it must have been this. It must have been that. Like, just trying to figure out all the ways in which he sucks as a person and as a boyfriend. But you're like, no, maybe it just, like, wasn't a fit. Or... Maybe you guys weren't confronting things. You're Fights s- mean effort. They Fights mean work towards the relationship. They do. And when you are pushing and pulling against each other and figuring things out, healthy, like fighting can be very, very healthy. And one of the best things Brad and I did, and it was honestly because we were going through a rocky period when we first got married, but one of the very best things we did was like basically spend years two and three of our marriage in therapy together. And we learned in therapy how to argue in a healthy way. I think that's so important for you to say because even I, I will admit, I have a stigma towards couples therapy. Mm-hmm. And like, I I want to go so, I'm the therapy girl. <laughs> like, are, I, will yes. ther- I will go to therapy with anyone. Yes. But I'm so afraid to do couples therapy because most of the people, because I also grew up in the entertainment industry, mm-hmm. most of the people that I know that have done couples therapy have divorced. Yeah. But someone turned it on its head the other day. Okay. And they said that that's not, people often think that that's a reason that couples therapy isn't working. But in fact, it's a reason that it is because those people, that's what was best for those people. Yeah. They got divorced. Mm -hmm. Like that's couples therapy ending and working because Mm -hmm. it's like they realized they couldn't get past these things. Yeah. You think the couple has to stay together in order for couples therapy to succeed. Mm -hmm. But it is just as impactful for them to break up. I would fully agree with that. And that really like made me think a little differently. Yeah. But I also would say whatever stage you are in your relationship, relationships are fine when they're fun and they're going great and you feel fulfilled and all that stuff. But we all are going to need sort of mental health tune-ups as we go along. And there's nothing different about our relationships. Right. Like they will, we will also need mental health tune-ups or, you know, these sort of like relational tune-ups and you'll, because we're growing together. Right. And you'll, you'll question your relationship for the rest of your life. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like you uh-huh. will always question your relationship there's nothing like no amount yes. of therapy that you can do and like it is normal like someone opened up to me about such a minor fight the other day mm-hmm. and she was like do you guys ever get in those mm-hmm. and i was like are you fucking yeah, yeah right before i came daily here. yeah i'm like all the fucking time we're two living beings like yeah. being together all the time uh-huh. And I think that's the common misconception in relationships. And, like, she was like, oh, I'm so glad you said that because I, I feel like you guys are so in love. And but you, yes. Yeah. Yes and yes to both. But that's, like, what we said two weeks ago on uh-huh. our last episode yeah. together, which was that the opposite of hate is indifference. So if you mm-hmm. stop wanting to fight, that means you might have fallen out of love. Yeah. Like, I think if you continue to go up for the next at-bat, you know, and you're like, okay, I got to continue to practice and continue yep. to, like, try to remedy the situation. Yeah. 
that means you're still in it and invested. And you've maybe fallen out of love and you've for sure fallen out of growth Mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For sure. It made me think of something that I heard the other day, which really stuck with me, which is like, we get so dead set on certain decisions or outcomes, Mm -hmm. right? Being like good or bad. Mm -hmm. This is good. This is bad. Like, I want this role in a play Mm -hmm. when we're young or whatever. Like, and if I don't get it, that will be the bad outcome. Right. We categorize outcomes in two categories. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, we don't know which outcome is good, which is bad. Yeah. For example, if you missed a flight that then crashed, Mm -hmm. you think that that's the bad outcome happening to you. Oh, damn, I missed my flight. Right. Versus like, you could have died on that plane. Didn't you say you know somebody? Who, yeah, who was supposed to be on the the United 93? Yeah, I did. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like every decision though, we feel like, even like, will I get into this college? Or will this person love me back? Yes. Right? Or like, whatever it is. Will I get the job I want? Yes. We think we know like what's good, what's bad. Yeah. And the truth is, is like, the decision that you are certain is the good, beneficial, right decision could be the most detrimental yes. thing in the world. Yes. You know? And I do think that the universe, your guardian angels, whatever, guides you based on the nose in your life. Mm-hmm. Like, my life changed so much for the better when after 10 years of owning my own business and really banging my head against a wall, trying to get new clients, trying to make more money. And it just like fucking wasn't working. And I finally was like, you know what? I'm going to take a left turn. I'm going to put my name out there, try to get a different job. I want to be in an office. I want coworkers. I want all that stuff. And my life changed so much for the better, especially after like six months, like not getting a single call back. And what changed for me was I was like, you know what? I'm just going to trust that the fact that I'm not getting calls back for these like marketing jobs that I don't fucking want means that the best job ever is out there for me. Yes. Like, the perfect job ever is out there for me. And like, look at me now. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm here with you. I'm like doing other shows. It's so much fun. I fucking right. love my job. Of course, there are bad You're things. You're here. But, like, I'm so- here with Jane. Yes. Thanks. We have pugs in the yard. Thanks be to God. Thanks Ugh. be to God. Thanks be to God. No, it's true. Yes. It's true. But you get so married to like one way being the right way and one way being the wrong way. But I truly... There's, it takes a lot to really penetrate my subconscious or like my conscious like brain when I'm trying to weigh pros and cons of like an outcome. This idea really penetrated. Another question I got was like, mm. when, when was the last time you really wanted something but mm. didn't get it? And that's what made me think of this because I was like, you think you want something so badly, you hold on so tightly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but maybe it isn't meant for you. Yeah. When was the last time you really wanted something you didn't get it? That's a good question. I really think it was working so hard for mm-hmm. this career that I thought that I wanted and but I knew I didn't really want it, but I thought that I like needed to to like make my dad proud of me or whatever else because right. it was very tied to my dad. Right. And that was the biggest thing was like I literally banged my head my head against the wall for 5 years and like kind of wasted a lot of time, but it also was perfect timing. Yeah. 
because I wouldn't have had the skills to do the job that I'm doing now. That's the thing is even wasting yep. time yes. is the right decision sometimes. Yes. Like I, And it feels like torture when you're yes. doing it, when you know you're not in the job you want to be in, when you know years are passing you by, even in the yes. relationship that you don't want to be in. Yes. It's like you have to have grace for the gray areas in life. And I also think like this brings me to the next topic, but I'll go back to this for a second. Like you have to have grace for the times in your life that are on pause and that are a little less exciting, that are a little less like the ones you want to include in your memoir. You know, like they're not the notable years. But when you come out of those years and it can be years. I mean, you've talked about it on the show. Totally. Like it can be years. Like for me, there were years where, you know, you just can't give up. You got to keep throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. And it might be like, Several things in. Right. <laughs> For sure. Something finally stick. Life will humble you. But it when sure we were will. talking to Victoria Paris, I was like, you know, she's an incredible 23-year-old. Mm-hmm. I, at 23, was not as remarkable. But I wanted <laughs> the same, same thing that I wanted as a 28-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. But thank God the universe stalled me. You know, because like mm. otherwise I would have just humiliated myself on a podcast every day for, you, <laughs> you know, would like, be in the beauty industry. Oh, my God. Christ, don't even say it. <laughs> don't even say it. But it made me think of staying in the gray area. So I, yes. I think that this is like the enemy number one of the day. And uh-huh. we'll let the sound effect include itself here. Yes. We are getting sound effects and segments on the show. We're here just we go. moving on up. So staying in the gray area, I think, is is like that's been a common theme in my life recently. Mm-hmm. Because I love, as we know, to make, like, judgments about things. And I have so many opinions. But I feel like the minute that you lose to the universe, you sacrifice so much capacity for connection, is when you really don't leave room for the gray area. Mm -hmm. Like, when you're so steadfast in a belief, an idea, a want, Mm -hmm. or whatever, that you don't see the side of the other. For example, when you want something so badly, you don't see how another outcome could be beneficial. Yeah. When you have an opinion so deeply, so fired with, within you, unless it's abortion rights or, you know, anything <laughs> yes. else, like that you just can't see the other side. Like you have to have compassion for the other side. You have yeah. to always be able to say, but I understand how other people that might not work for their yeah. lives or that yeah. might not be their right choice. But I, you know, I can't tell you the amount of times in my life where I would be like, oh, I could never. And then did. like two years later, I'm like, I love that thing. Of course. <laughs> we Like we need to be able to change our minds. And like yes. as a society, that's yes. a whole other conversation with like cancellation culture. But this is like more so within yourself, never lose touch of like what what motivates, what inspires the other side, mm-hmm. why they are the way they are, and like mm-hmm. make room for them in your argument, yeah. you know, in your want, in your yeah. desire, in your belief. I feel like that's where we really lose touch. Like I have some friends that are so on one side mm-hmm. that they completely aren't open to the other side and that alienates them and yeah. isolates them. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's problematic. Yep. Okay, here's my next. You ready for this? Yes, I am. Have you done your Enneagram? My niece is obsessed with it. Some people are like diehard obsessed she, with it. Yes. She like went through every eventuality. I think she did mine. I think I'm like a four ring five or something. Four, okay. Yeah, no, that's amazing that you that even know not, your way. That be true. Okay. But don't, yeah, don't, don't, don't quote her on that. I think that don't was just literally her, her guessing. That. Okay. No, but most of it is guessing. Yeah. And it is like important to come from like someone who knows you. Yeah. 
But I'm like against love languages. I'm against introvert, extrovert. I don't love labeling myself as Mm -hmm. things aside Mm -hmm. from like an anxious depressive. (laughs) But like I really, this Enneagrams like really are, because I think they give you the option of the wing. Do you feel like it's true for you? It is like too true. It's so good. (laughs) I really feel like that's the one test you need to take. The personality test. I'm an eight, wing nine. So I'm a bear. Okay. That's what they're called. Okay. I feel so seen by my Enneagram. Oh, I it's love like, that. It's real. It's the challenger. I'm the challenger. Guys, take the Enneagram test. Or I think like actually they said the most efficient way to do it is to just read all of them mm. and see which one resonates with you the most. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because I feel like those quizzes, like I know that they're sp- they're designed to give you the same outcome every time. But yeah. I feel like if I'm PMSing versus not or like whatever, it's going to sure. be different. For sure. Yeah, I have taken the Myers-Briggs. Okay, that one I did too. Yeah. I was I, like... I resonated with my... I should actually fucking find out what it is, but... It's the it's same as your there. horoscope. I feel like the Myers-Briggs. <laughs> this is like really like... Gives you a good sense of yeah. like what's going yeah. on in your mind. Uh-huh. It's really helped me identify a threat early like to protect myself. Yeah. But sometimes you can't do that which Mm -hmm. we're learning Mm -hmm. but it's super interesting like i'm super interested in the enneagram Mm -hmm. you need to take the enneagram test okay i'll take it it helps it It really fucking helps question did you answer these questions also on the ma no oh no i saved them for this i'm so glad oh my god no it was purposefully only for this i love it for everyone who would actually take the time to listen instead you can learn all those things okay what was the question that you had for me here is my question for you. When and we're talking I'm friendship. I'm terrified. Oh no, no, no. This is you'll you'll be I'll able to unpack okay. this. This is my question for you. When you meet somebody new, like say you're at like a part a friend's party and you meet somebody new and you like totally hit it off, talking totally friendship. I don't think that's ever happened to me. Just, really? No. First of all, when was I at a friend's party? Like, okay, mate, <laughs> yikes, maybe. Or get together. You've made friends from parties? Sure. I actually have one good friend from Chicago that I met at a bar. You know that? Have you seen that meme going around that's like making friends as adults is hard because the people that I want to be friends with also don't leave their house? (laughs) That's how I feel. Okay. Anyway, but theoretically, if I were to. Theoretically, if you made a friend or if you were like hanging out with someone, you're like, this check is really fun and cool and whatever. Totally. When is it not weird to follow them on Instagram? Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. After the first, you guys have been working on this in therapy. I am not, I, believe it or not, I have a hard time with vulnerability. Believe it or not, honestly, I, I you know, I've done my Brene Brown studies. Yes, you know, who's your yes. favorite person in the world. I, I'm, I'm not afraid of, afraid of vulnerability, like in my deepest, darkest secrets, mm-hmm. but I am in ways of like dominant, non dominant. Yes. Okay. I'm yes. being really honest right uh-huh. now. Uh huh. So I have a hard time, like Dylan was like saying to me the other day, because this girl only texts him, right? Like uh-huh. a friend of ours. Uh-huh. And he was like, you intimidate her. And I was like, I do. You know what I mean? I she like, hair flips. I hair flip it up if you can't hear that. I was, I was like, don't I mind do. if I do. Like, I, I, and, and that's a problem within, that was my nurture, not my nature. <laughs> but I do like to keep that distance, which I'm trying to yeah, work on for sure. Like yeah. I'm really trying to work on it. So like, and I'm a little stubborn and like ego is involved, interlaced with every decision <laughs> I make. So I have a hard time being the one to like first friend request someone. Yeah. Like friend request. Oh my God, I'm really yeah. dating myself. <laughs> okay. I have a problem with friends like making the first move. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in, with women. Like I'm like, mm. 
You yes. follow, if you want to follow me, follow me, bitch. You yes. know, like, and that's a little bit of an issue. Well, like, I was thinking about this the other day because okay. I was at our friend's concert he's in a fun band whatever and he had his roommate and two friends right cool girls whatever and i two of them are roommates with each other and they were so fucking fun and funny and whatever totally vibed with these two girls the other one i had met several times it like wasn't weird for me to follow her but these two girls i was like like we had so much fun and we laughed and whatever and i (laughs) i was like if I follow them after one meeting, am I like the creepy older girl who is like, ah, you're cute and cool. I'm so happy that we have, this is where you even me out. <laughs> this is where you speak on behalf of the trees, like the Lorax. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> this is like where I need you to bridge me back to, oh, yes. because I really do have a problem. My friends are all your type. Uh-huh. Like they're like all friend request, all all not friend requests. I will follow you first. <laughs> I will like, you know, yeah. do the whole thing. Yeah. And I need to get a little better with that because mm-hmm. I, you know, like I think that helps you make friends as an yeah. adult. And I also think, I'm going to give you a compliment, that it's more Gen Z. It is oh, the, the younger generation uh, to do that. Like oh, I think good. they, they okay, follow everyone. That, that's part of like, it's, a, it's synonymous with like a handshake. Right. right? It's like networking. Networking. Can you imagine being in high school and have to worry about not, more networking? Oh my God, no. Christ. Stop it. No, it's it's actually a very sad thing that I can't do that because I really admire your type of person. Like, I admire the people that meet someone and then follow them on Instagram right away that have no qualms or ego about it. And I am trying my best to be more like that. But yeah, like, I feel like I always am like, wait till they request me or like there are still friends of or girlfriends of Dylan's friends that I don't follow back yeah. or like friends of Dylan's that I that follow me that I don't follow back yeah then I've met people at the pug meetups that I've like followed immediately yeah you know what I mean but I feel like it just depends like if you really feel like there's like a future there between you guys yeah. like I don't I honestly do not remember at all like with any of my friendships even of the, that I've made up to like last week yeah who followed who first right I don't remember right. at all But I definitely feel like you only request them when you are, there's a certain level of investment that you've made Like you want to see them again. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like Like I want to see their faces again. They're so fun and cool. And I want to see your content is a different version than I want to see. You. Yeah. I guess maybe those are kind of similar, but it's like whether or not like you want to like see their Father's Day post. Right. You know what I mean? Like maybe you're interested in their life or like, not like from a friendship standpoint. But I, I do feel like it's after the first one-on-one date, mano y mano. Yeah, it felt a little early to, like, after I had just met them, be like, but I was just like, I would love to see them again. They were so fun. and Okay, like, well, here's what depends. Here's okay. the contingency. Yes. Whether or not, okay, so let's say they tag you in their story, but you don't follow them. Uh-huh. That, that's where I draw the line. I think I overthink everything. Uh-huh. I think that's where I, like, when it's natural, I don't want them to think that I've gone searching for them. Yes. They've had, but they had to have landed. But in you my have lap. to search for them to follow them. But I'm saying if they tagged me in a story, but we don't follow each yeah. other, then I'll go to their profile. Like that's how it happens a lot with the show. Like that's I'll tag someone in a story that's been on yes. the show and then they'll follow, follow me because they'll, yeah. fi- they'll finally see my yeah. profile. Yeah. A lot of people have trouble with the search engine. Uh huh. You know? Or they just don't bother to do it until you've tagged them. Right. Yes. Right. Or so like in an, that way, you're reaching out first, but it's also like professional relationships. It's like, it's and, like I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine yeah, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I just firmly don't believe that if someone follows you, that you have to follow them back. Unless like you you know them intimately. I don't know. I'm working on it, guys. I'm working on it. 
but even when you said earlier, when you were like, we were having a girls night and Brad was there. Uh Uh-huh. I feel self-conscious about that all the time. Same, 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 same. All the time. And that maybe is why you go and like chill and watch Housewives in the bedroom while Dylan has boys over. Right. No, I'm like, I'll give you your time and space. Like, you didn't make plans with me. You made plans with Dylan. So like, I'll remove myself. But even like with girls, like (laughs) even like some of my college friends have known Dylan since they were what? Yeah. 18. But you you just can't be like as stupid and loud and whatever else you're going to do with your girlfriends. Not at all. Well, there's like a dude there. But also like there are sometimes where I'm like, okay, Dylan and I are going to be driving home from this place and he's like very close with you. Like he's known you right. for like even, maybe even longer than he's known me <laughs> in some cases. Yeah. Can he just come? But I don't want to be yes. the one girl that's like. Brought your boyfriend. Right. But I do think when you've been friends with somebody since college, yeah, and he's it's known them since college, it's, it's like, different. It's, a different. it's, it's like different. family, basically. It's it like is bringing different. your cousin, like their cousin. I need to tell you this last story. Oh, please. It's crazy. Always. My friend, who you know, uh-huh. she got so injured the other day in a way that I've never imagined possible. What? She fell on her ass. Right, like, like fell, like was uh-huh. wa- like I honestly, Slipped. I don't listen to anyone in their stories, like until it's the actual <laughs> the punchline. She fell in some way. I don't remember how she fell. Mm-hmm. She busted her ass <gasps> so badly. She now has an indent in her ass. What? Oh yeah, like on her buttock. Yes, like her buttock goes oh, out no. and then in. Her fat cells got necros or like necrotizing fasciitis. Yes. <laughs> Which is my greatest fear, by the way. Oh my God. Thank God you know the word for that. I <laughs> it's literally... my greatest fear. No, it turned black. No. The, no. the part of her butt that was bruised turned black. She has to get like filler or like whatever surgery to remedy it. What? I've never really, I've never even realized that was a possibility. <gasps> that was Jada. Even, she got. She it looks like a shark bit a pe- like a, a small hammerhead or something tiny tiny shark bit a piece out of her ass. Oh my god! Well, see, this is a great excuse for her to get a BBL. That's true, <laughs> Catherine. Okay, I'm gonna out you for a second. Please. Since I've told Catherine about the BBL, it's been a per- it's been a persistent topic of conversation, which I'm so glad because it really is. Thank God for you, Jane. No, it really. I made Catherine watch the Kardashians, and now we're in a deep hole. The BBL is the BBL's real. If you guys are envying someone on Instagram right now, they please have a God, BBL. just know they have a BBL. <laughs> and, and you can have one too, for the, like for the low, low price of, I don't know. 20 grand? Yeah. Who knows? But no, that BBLs are a real thing. Thank you for listening to us again. I mean, and hanging out with us. You really aren't listening. You're a part of the yeah. conversation. And we just love you for it. We appreciate you. And we love you so much. And we'll see you back here next time. Bye.